Hey guys, it's Edge Martinez. They call me the voice of New York. And 50 years ago, hip hop started right here in New York City. And we're celebrating the five boroughs all year long. Check out nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop for cultural stories, events, interviews, and more. nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7? Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's going on, everyone? This is Tyler Dunn with the Go Long newsletter at golongtd.com. Thank you so much for making this podcast a part of your life. We are extremely grateful to have you as a listener, and and thank you for always sharing with a friend. That's how this thing's going to keep growing is just that word of mouth. I just thought we'd try something a little different here. I'm going to play you guys a part of my conversation with Joshy Matterbebe, the Illinois wide receiver that I had a profile on at Go Long this week. You can check it out online. Uh, just super fascinating guy. This is somebody who has kind of been a prodigy uh, at, at a very young age with his leaping ability, the 47.1-inch jump back as a junior in high school, gets to USC as dream school. It doesn't work out. Hits rock bottom, transfers to Illinois, falls out as a junior, and he gets to his pro day last week and has a jump of 46.5 inches at 15 more pounds. So this is one of those physical freaks that you just don't see on this planet in general. Uh, Really smart guy, really insightful guy. I, I think you guys would benefit just from kind of hearing his voice beyond the written words. So if you like it, if you enjoy the conversation, would be extremely grateful if you gave us a shot at the Go Long newsletter. If you don't subscribe already, it's seven a month, 70 a year. When you subscribe annually, you get a hoodie, a crew, whatever you prefer. prefer. Just let me know. We'll make it happen. And, yeah, you'll get access to those Zoom happy hours every Friday night, which have been a lot of fun. This Friday, we're going to have Cleveland Browns fullback Andy Janovich on the show. He's got his bush lights ready. He's ready to drink. He's ready to talk a little football. It's going to be a hell of a time. So I hope you you consider subscribing. If not, you can always jump on that free email list and get a limited amount of stories into your inbox as well. Thank you so much. Uh, Here is my conversation with Joshy Matter Baby. We're kind of jumping right into it here, uh, talking about his upbringing and the first time he visited USC. Thank you very much. Before I committed, obviously, uh, the first college I visited when I was like 14 was USC and we were just out on spring break, just kind of visiting Los Angeles or whatever. And, you know, our, our high school coach put us in contact with some of the coaches there and we weren't like big recruits or anything. We were just young guys, just like kind of just looking for any source of inspiration. Right. And me and my brother, Daniel, who who's just a year older than me, um, went on that visit and it really was eye opening, truly um, being from kind of like a mid sized small town where, you know, like life is kind of moderate and there's nothing really flashy or whatever. Like being out there was completely eye-opening. You know, you go down there, you'll see 
Bentley, Ferrari, Rolls Royce, Maybach, and you know, um, yeah, just the, the, the beautiful scenery, whether it's in Santa Monica and you see the mountains in the backlash and then you have, you know, the, the, the ocean and the clear blue skies and the palm trees, like everything was just so, um, captivating, truly, you know, it was such a profound experience to experience at a young age that, and then obviously like being in, being going to SC and, and, and looking at their tradition and their history and their Heisman's and their first round picks, all that at once just was like, I can't not want to go here. Like, this is like heaven on earth to me. So in the back of my head, everything that I did, like, and that honestly was another additional motivating factor for me, uh, source of motivation was I have to go to SC. So in my classroom, I made sure, you know, I got all A's, you know, in high school and worked out extremely hard, you know, when I workouts and did a lot of extra, you know, that when it came time, I was fortunate enough to receive that USC offer. Also, you you got the offer. You got out there. Then what? What happened after that? So you were you were there one season and transferred to Illinois, right? Or were, no, I was there for for three seasons. I graduated oh, early. Really? So I, for, yeah. I was. I started redshirt in my first year, and then redshirt sophomore, redshirt junior. And then I graduated from SC with my bachelor's in business. Oh my god! That's okay. I was way out. Yeah. Yeah. See, so yeah, I graduated there in 2019, and then after that, transferred to Illinois. I was only in Illinois for the last year and a half, really. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I had it flipped. So I, yeah, 100%. So. Man. So that, what, so what you came to Illinois, you had so like another year of eligibility and wanted to keep, keep playing that kind of thing or. Oh, uh, what do you mean? When I came to Illinois? Yeah. Wait a minute here. I'm, I'm getting you all screwed up here. Take. Well, are you still there? So yeah, I'm still here. So I, I so I graduated from SC after my redshirt sophomore year. Okay. So I had two years left to play. Cause like so usually people graduate like after their senior year or whatever. But I graduated a year early and I had redshirted, so that oh, gave okay. me two extra years. I, that's just I can't even think of anybody that's been in your shoes doing it like that. You're oh, there's a few people that do it, but yeah. So I graduated a whole year early which means my redshirt – I came to Illinois as a redshirt junior, which was my fourth year of college with my third year actually playing. So I had two years left, right? So I was there in 2019, and then I was there basically whatever this last season, if you call it a season, you know, uh, that, that period of time too. Sir, and this past – and all your quarterbacks are getting COVID, right? Like that was just – Yeah, it was just it was just a mess, messed up kind of yeah. situation. You know what I mean? I'm sure people were in similar situations, but just like I know a program like Illinois – that is building. It doesn't necessarily have the depth or the firepower. We need every, like, we need all the help that we can get. We need to make sure as many people are as healthy and people aren't out just because one hit, two hits, three hits can really kind of change the course of direction of our team, which, which end up happening this year. So yeah, unfortunate. But you show, I mean, you, you definitely showed enough film on it with nine touchdowns that, that one season. I mean, we, we yeah. see the freakish physical ability. What what do you think you've shown these NFL teams that you can just do? Yeah, I, I've shown that, like, I, I'm a dominant player, um, and I can attack the ball when I'm when it's in the air. Um, I've shown them that I take advantage of opportunities. I mean, like, my junior year, I only had 33 catches, right? And that was, by game 10, I had 33 catches and nine touchdowns, right? So I was like... 12, like 10th in the Big Ten in catches, but tied for first in the Big Ten in touchdowns. You see what I'm saying? And so it just showed just my, my, my efficiency. I mean, our offense wasn't really set up to pass the ball that much. We ran the ball a lot. And, 
you know, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? And it was my first year there, so they were really just kind of learning the type of player that I was. But, yeah, I can show, someone that takes advantage of the opportunities that, that's given to me, you know. And, yeah, was leading the Big Ten in touchdowns with only 33 catches. The other guys that were up there that was tied with at the time was, you know, Rashad Bateman, um, I think Rondell Moore, and uh, Chris Olave, right, at the time. So, yeah. What goes into that efficiency then? I mean, because it is it's, – it's not – chance and coincidence at that point like there's something about you that it, it makes you that efficient like you're that you're just going to make a big play you're going to score points when you catch the ball yeah, sure and I feel like part of it was just desperation just because like I knew that there was limited ability so you know you take advantage of opportunities when they are few and far in between you see what I'm saying mm-hmm. and um yeah I feel like that's what it was I feel like I do make big plays and that's part of my nature, but also part of it was like, damn, like I don't know when I'm going to get the ball next. So it's in the air. I got to come down with it. And, and, I, and if, if, if I come down, with it, I got to go score, you know, was, was my mindset. So the, I mean, the leaping ability start, I mean, right. where does that come, come from? I mean, right. it's, it's I nature, a, I, nurture, well, what's going on here? Uh, Yeah. I don't know, man. Like I have a basketball background and I mean, before I made the transition to football, my freshman year of high school, I always wanted to go to the NBA. And I remember watching uh, the LeBron James documentary called More Than a Game. And it was, you know, basically about like LeBron James process and how, you know, he started at early age. And the first time he ever dunked was when he was in the eighth grade. And I remember when I was watching it, it came out in 2009, I was in the sixth grade. I was like, hey, man, by the time I'm in the eighth grade, I want to dunk too. So I would always practice like jumping, right? At first it's, you know, touching, touching the rim, right? then grabbing the rim, and then grabbing the rim with two hands, right, and then dunking a tennis ball, and it's just this gradual progression. I'll never forget, like, we were just messing around in eighth grade, right, right before, like, our uh, our regional uh, tournament, and someone threw an alley-oop, and I just jumped. I didn't think I was going to dunk it, and I caught the ball, and I and I slammed it in there, you know, and that boosted a lot of my confidence, man. I'm not going to lie, because, like, once you, people wonder, like, how do you build confidence? You build confidence by doing something that you never previously thought that you couldn't do. Like you build a trust in yourself and you're like, wait, what, hold on, hold on. What other thing is there that I think that I can't do that I can? You see what I'm saying? So it just kind of rolls on from there. And yeah, honestly, truly from there, it just kind of just springboarded me and just to another level of confidence really. And just believing that again, like I said, there's nothing that I can't do. So, and I'll say that like, that is where like the leaping ability starts. I was like, heck yeah. Like, and I started to double down into it. So wanted to dunk from just, just catching alley-oops to dunking solo to dunking with two hands, you know, to tomahawk to jumping, you know, from the 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 the, the paint to jumping from the free-throw line. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's all like a build. But as you do more, you feel like you can do more, you know? So, yeah. For me, it was, you know, touch the net. And then right. maybe the middle part of the net. And then right. Maybe, maybe you nick a little backboard if you're lucky. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, when, that moment when you threw down that alley-oop, I mean, how much adrenaline? Like, what, what does that feel like? And it was were, crazy. No, it was crazy. Honestly, I was like, whoa. And, like, everybody felt it. Like, and we were only 13. You know what I'm saying? Like, kids aren't dunking at 13 for the most part. Let's just be honest, right? Like, most guys don't dunk until, like, sophomore, if it's junior year, if they're lucky, right? And I was, I was yeah. 13 in eighth grade dunking. So, it definitely was people so like, right, this guy, this guy's different, you know? And it's a good feeling. Honestly, it is. And you're like, yeah, heck yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm special, right? Like, in this regard, you know? So, um, 100%. Like it, it definitely was a, um, life altering moment for me. And yeah, I'm glad that I was able to experience it that early. Did the, did the place go nuts? I mean, what did it look like there? When yeah. People, it, it, there's times where like, you're like, Whoa. And then there's times where you're just like, it's breathtaking. Like, Whoa. 
you know, and that was one of those like, well, like, I can't believe it. it wasn't like it was so like there wasn't an expression able to be, be given. Like when something's exhilarated, like when something's awesome, you're like, whoa, dude, that was sick. But like when something is just truly unbelievable, like you don't even have words, you're just like, whoa. And like, that's how it was. You know what I'm saying? For, for yeah, the guys, yeah. honestly, and I felt it too. And I felt great straight up, you know, I felt great. So, yeah. So you're, are you thinking NBA? Like, are you wanting to be an NBA player? Oh, 100%. 1,000%, yeah. man. And I was good, though. Like, if anything, you guys could check out. I have some highlights, you know, from when I was um, in the ninth right, grade. Right, because everybody yeah. that plays football says they want to be in the NBA. But you had, you had some talent. Yeah, you could even search up. Like, I was the number three player in the state uh, uh, in my eighth grade year. And my freshman year, I was on the varsity team and everything. But I don't know. I just – my freshman year, they didn't – they played me kind of, but in my mind, I was like, I'm a starter. Like I should, I like, I, again, I was so like focused on going to the NBA and I'm sure that I, I would have had a chance if I like stuck in it. Cause I was really good and I was extremely dedicated. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I felt like my ceiling was higher. Like making the NBA is pretty difficult, right? Like if you're not six foot six with a 45 inch vertical, oh, yeah. right. Coming out of the gym, like it's really kind of hard for you to get traction. Like I was six two and I played the the three for the most part you know what I'm saying but I was really good like I was really good like I could jump high and stuff like that but like I wasn't like a six four six five six six guy you know so but nonetheless like again I mean after playing I could have kept playing but I knew that I had a higher ceiling and a higher calling in football so that's the reason why I made the transition did you keep playing in, in uh, varsity like basketball did you no, see how I am is you stopped it early on yeah how I am is I'm doing something or I'm not right like yeah I, 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 I really believe um, in the power of concentration, right? Like, you give, you put all the chips in. You don't, well, I'm going to do here and here. No, 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 I'm giving it everything that I got. So there is no, oh, man, if I only would have, you know, instead of playing basketball in the offseason, you know, worked on my football. No, I'm giving it all I got just to diminish the chance of failure, right? I, now I transfer all my ambition from basketball into football. Because when I was playing basketball, I wasn't playing football. When I'm playing football, I'm not playing basketball. Just because, like I said, I can only give everything. I can't give 80% here, 20% here, 70% here, 30%. I got to give everything I have because that's the only way I know to succeed. And that's what I ended up doing. And, I mean, again, like I said, I, I was privileged enough to have great people in my community, great coaches, great mentors, great teachers, awesome friends, a lot of people that just invested in me and believed in my dream. Yeah, and, and, and encouraged me to accomplish everything that I did. Uh, up until this point so w when you went all in with football like what were those early moments when you realized like holy shit this leaping ability I have this just freakish physical talent like did you have the, the, a catch or a moment and it's like okay sure. this, this oh, could be something oh man. that's a great question that is a great question I mean people knew that I could jump high um I'll tell you what it was I, it's always just really just been pure inspiration, man. Honestly, I, I, I could tell you that it wasn't, I mean, like obviously like God given ability or whatever, but I feel like God can bring out your gift through different things that he allows you to see. Right. And I remember watching the Nike opening when I was a sophomore in high school and there was this guy named Speedy Noyle, right? He was at Texas A&M or he ended up going to Texas A&M and um, he had just won the, the spark, the Nike spark championship. And he jumped 45.3 inches. And I was like, whoa, right? And you remember how I told you how when I went to USC, I was like, whoa. And that was always in my mind. I have to get there. I have to get there. It was always in my mind. So after I saw Speedy Noyle jump that 45.3, that was always in my mind. 
right? And I had time to get there. I had time to beat it, right? Time, I was like, I was what I was working with. It was always in my mind, you know? Um, so, yeah, you know, I definitely had something to, to work towards and something to aspire to. And, you know, at first, you know, I was jumping or whatever because we did our own vertical jump test in high school. And I was getting like 42 and whatever. And I was angry. I was like, man, I'm giving everything I got. I'm not seeing the results that I want, you know? And then, honestly, just something just clicked my junior year, right? I just literally, I, I don't know where it came from. It was just like this, this animalistic, savage-like, primitive, like, twitch just to where I would ch- – I'm telling you, I don't know where it came from, man, honestly, you know, um, just to where I would just, like, change, you know, and it did, like – I can't explain it. It would be like – the best way to explain it is like a flight-or-flight reaction, right? Like, yeah, yeah. when you're in a sense, when you sense something, you, like, instead of flight, flight, I'd fight all the time, and, like, I'd – like I'd win, right? And my, the best example for me to explain that is we did this thing called mat drills when I was um, in high school. And I was part of our off-season conditioning program where we'd do like, you know, four eagle, tumble, and then run. Right? It was a conditioning program. And at the end, we'd do like this wrestling match. And our coach would pick out one guy from defense, one guy from offense, and they'd wrestle. Like one guy would start on the bottom, the other guy would start on the top, and he'd give you 10 seconds, Right. So the guy on the top would try to keep the guy on the bottom underneath him, and then the guy on the bottom would try to flip the guy over and then pin him. <laughs> so I started on the on the on the on the on the uh, on the bottom with this one guy. His name is Mitchell Gladstein, and um, yeah, you know, he was giving me some trouble or whatever because I was trying to I was struggling with him, and then something just clicked in my mind. I swear, and I just flipped him over in like I and I pull his his shoulder. Unfortunately, I ended up, you know, tearing his labrum, you know, and stuff like that. I didn't mean to do that, right? But it was just like a, a switch, right, that just flipped in my mind, right? And Tore and his labrum. You tore his labrum. On accident, right? But like I said, it was just something that I felt like I couldn't control. It, I, people that have this instinct know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man. So then I, I was like, whoa, I didn't even know I was capable of that. You know, but then it builds confidence. I don't want to build confidence by hurting anybody else, but you just kind of see what you're capable of. You're like, well, damn, like, I didn't know that was inside of me. So then the next time that I went and I jumped, I just had an extra degree of confidence. So then I jumped 44, right, the next time, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I went to the, the Nike opening regionals, and then I jumped 44-2 there. And then they invited me to the opening. And then, obviously, like, there's a lot of cameras. You're around a lot of the top guys in the country, you know, um, that are eventually going to be first-round draft picks, and there were a ton of them, like DK and, you know, Miko Hardman, Dwayne Haskins, all these guys, right, they're all there. So there's a lot of adrenaline. So I remember getting on the mat, turning back to my friend Austin Mack, right, who now plays for the New York Giants, and telling him, I'm about to break this record, Mm -hmm. right? And I literally just closed my eyes, just dipped down and exploded as high as I could, and was in the air for a minute. I didn't even know. Adrenaline was taking over. But that's the video that everybody, you know, sees, like, right now. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, so, yeah. That, exactly. That video, it's it's making the rounds. Um, it's, yeah. how do you, it's, it's just a feeling that is inside you then, an animalistic Yeah, I mean, sense? I don't even want to say that. It's just like a, it's like a, it's an instinct. That's the best way to explain it. Like, yeah. fight or flight, bro. Like, I can't, I can't, like, really explain it. Like, what you sense opposition something just kind of takes over it's a twitch right and like, I, like again like i don't really know how to explain it, but the people who have it have it and like you know these people that have it right the mm-hmm. best football players have it kobe called it the mama mentality michael jordan had it. it's like an assassin's like you just 
it just takes over. I can't explain it, but that, that is what enables people to accomplish things that they normally couldn't in their right mind. And, and you feel that on, on the field, like you're translating it to your position. Do you, do you get that feeling? Because you yeah, guys are, I feel like how do you funnel it into like, you know, the position now? Yeah, 100%. And I feel like it's definitely, I feel like I had it like when I came into SC and obviously like, you know, that's the whole kind of like another story just with, in terms of like, you know, what it was is really just confidence, I guess. And you can call it that, but with the confidence comes just like another degree of just, I can't explain it. Like, uh, again, like that fight or flight response, the dominant like twitch that just, just flickers in your mind. Um, but yeah, and then like, but like when I went to SC and I kind of faced the various amount of trials, I would definitely say that some of it, like a lot of that kind of just kind of like went away just because you start to question and I redshirted my freshman year and then my second year that I was there, I was kind of playing, kind of wasn't, you know, and then you're in your head or whatever. So it was just kind of a process of like, it was just a, a, like a process of change. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that needed to happen um, just because, I mean, I, I, I needed to, I guess, mature in a way. But it definitely started to come back my junior year or my retro junior when I went to Illinois and was given those opportunities and, and, and given an opportunity for my confidence to build back up again. Right, because I mean, are there points at, at SC when you're wondering, man, am I, am I good enough? Or did you did – you... Oh, 100%. I mean, just not being able to play. Like, I mean, every 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 day is just like you're struggling with reality. You know, every day you're just really struggling with reality. You're struggling with identity, struggling with your self worth, struggling with your future and your goals. Like every day was just a struggle. And how you see yourself, you know what I'm saying? How you see yourself is extremely in question because you know how you see yourself. You know who you are and what you're capable of. But it's just like you're not living at that potential, right? So, it, yeah, it definitely was one of the most – the most probably challenging experience that I've, I've gone through. Because, like, I'll say this, like, throughout life, for the most part, anytime I wanted to do something, I figured out how to get it done and I did it, mm-hmm. right? I wanted to beat the vertical record out in my 10th grade, did it. I wanted to go to USC, dream school, right? All the way across the country. They only say they only recruit guys are going to be potential first-round draft picks. Did it. Had 30-plus offers out of high school. Was All-American. Got invited to the opening. Like, everything that I – had all A's throughout all of high school. Everything that I put my mind to do, I did. So, in my mind, there was no fail, right? In my mind, I didn't know what that was, right? So, the first time that I was, I was, I was put into reality, the first time I was checked, red-shirted. What? I didn't expect. I thought I was supposed to be a freshman All-American this year. Okay. Second year, okay, retro freshman year is when I'm supposed to start coming to my own. I was like either second string or, you know, struggling with the second stringers, not really getting in the game. And it's just like, this isn't the plan, right? I was supposed to be the first team on Pac-12, right? And then the third year is when, you know, I start to kind of kind of come into my own. I get injured, right, in training camp. Uh, what it was called, like a, a grade three high ankle sprain. Was out for like the first five weeks. Tried to come back. The, the basically the depth chart is for the most part set. It's hard for me to really make a dent into it. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess I just have to start somewhere else and I have to rebuild from the bottom up. You know, so that's rough. I mean, that's a dream school. That's dream school. That's where you wanted to go, and it, you're just not getting that opportunity. 
Yeah, man. It's it was it was difficult. It was really difficult. So. But then you ball. I mean, you you proved it, right? I mean, here we're talking here because the NFL is is gonna happen. So I mean, it, right. at what point did you regain that belief? Then was was there a specific moment that you? I don't know that that instinct that that animal inside you that you were talking right, about. Right, 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 right. I feel like all this stuff is gradual. So a lot of stuff is happening behind the scenes. That you can't like yeah. see subconsciously at a spiritual, mental, emotional level, whatever you'll call it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just had to definitely take some time aside and do some soul searching. I feel like I really got connected again with my faith. I feel like I really got reconnected to God and really saw that he was really, in my opinion, the one who had definitely made my life what it was up until that point. And truly I can say that it was a lot about, it was about me for the most part. Like when I got into SC, like I feel like that was God's way of humbling me. Right. And it was, I became pretty egotistic, right. Selfish. Like, Oh, like I'm this, I'm that. Right. It was very, very humbling. So it brought me back to my roots and allowed me to build in a sustainable way. And I remember when I was in the transfer portal for um, from January up until I committed to Illinois, man, it was, it was difficult, man, just because you felt like you were free, like free, free falling, like free floating, really. Like I was neither here nor there. I wasn't committed to a school. I wasn't at SC. My future was uncertain. It required a lot of faith, right? But that's where I feel like I was enabled again to kind of receive the blessings that God had for me in the future. And part of it is that dominant ability, but I feel it. I feel like he has to be able to trust you. So you won't, you know, do things for selfish gain. And yeah, I, again, like I said, I wouldn't have had it any other way. Well, I mean, I definitely wouldn't have want to experience the depth of despair and hopelessness and confusion that I did, but at least I know the way to go. Right. At least I know the direction that, you know, uh, my life should be going in. So. It really was that that deep of despair out there. That I mean, you were down and out, heartbroken, oh. heartbroken, man. Like it was, it was, uh, it affected some. Like, and it didn't just affect football. It affected my relationships with people back home. It affected my mental health. It affected my physical health. Like it affected everything. Because, like I said, I I don't know how to not give everything I have to something. So imagine just investing all of your your money every single thing that you own into a stock or a business or a, a piece of real estate and it just, you losing it, it all. And that's how it was, right? I was completely destitute for a while and I was, I was running on fumes, man. I was really hanging on by a, a thread, you know? And um, yeah, it's the grace of God, man, truly that I, he's been able to build me back up and, you know, the prospects of the future look, look brighter than, you know, than where I've just come from. So, yeah. I think I read that like somebody asked you at one point like what do you like to do and you're like I, I listen to sermons like that yeah that that's what you do I mean really yeah. is there an app or like YouTube yeah, or app, what, what I mean, do you listen yeah an app or you know uh, just I feel like some pastors that I feel like God speaks to consistently that definitely speak to my spirit and my soul um, a lot you know I listen to Levi Lusco a ton I think he is a man of God and he really speaks the truth and he contextualizes the Bible in a way that makes sense. Right. In today's world. I listen to my, my, my uh, pastor from back home, Chenson Franklin, who I feel like is spirit filled and always has a message that just does something inside. Right. That just kind of enlivens something that might've been dead. Um, you know, but those are, those are, I'd say like, those are the main two people that I've listened to, especially in this period of time, just cause like, you know, like I'm like, I'm alone for the most part, right? It's just me living in my apartment and I'm kind of on a regiment, you know, learning how to be a professional. So yeah, that's what I've done. Like it's, 
redeeming the time in the evil day, right? You're, you're learning how to make, make the most of your time, right? And by connecting to God and kind of allowing him to fill you with the knowledge of his will so you can go out and, you know, show who he is to others, right? And yeah, I, I felt like there's honestly, I mean, you could do other things. I'm not, I'm not putting down anything like any other hobbies, like fishing or, um, what do you guys like to do? The, you know, go karting or ATV and like all that stuff is great, you know, but a lot of stuff can be distractions, right? And then when those things are gone, then what are you to do, right? You won't really have a sense of direction. So I feel as if establishing that as a foundation, um, has definitely been crucial for me. And yeah, again, I'm, I'm excited to see kind of what God does with the rest of my life. The past, the first pastor you mentioned. Who, first pastor? Yeah. Who, who did you say that? Levi Lusco. Okay, gotcha. And you know, um, I mean, that's that's such a good point. Like, so they say something that you can kind of relate to to your life because I'm not as church going as as I should be. But like when I have gone, it's like sometimes things are said and it's like I it just seems like something out of a book. But when somebody brings it contextual examples and like this is how it applies to your life. This is what's in the Bible. Here's the day to day ramifications of that is that's kind of what you're talking about finding somebody yeah. who can make that connection yeah yeah and it, I, like again i can't even really say exactly what what it looks like for everybody else yeah, it's different but, for everybody i guess yeah, yeah it definitely is everybody's like at different stages and i feel like god can meet you where you're at but yeah definitely it's it, it definitely it gave me peace it gave me again like hmm. peace that passes you know the, the round that I'll go in, right. Or I'll get drafted in or peace that passes how much money I'm going to make. Like just peace that like it enables me to like enjoy life and really just kind of receive, you know, whatever blessings that, you know, come my way. So. Are you the, uh, the DK Metcalf in this year's draft or is that? Uh, I, I mean, People can say whatever they want to say. I mean, I definitely have a lot of um, respect and admiration and he honestly has been, like I said, I feel like God's put things and people in my life um, as sources of inspiration and he definitely has been that. And we were on the same team when I was at the Nike opening, when I jumped the, the 47. We were on the same seven-on-seven seven team. So, like, I've known him since, like, 2015. And we've kind of kept in contact when he was at Old Miss and I was at SC and whatnot. So it's been awesome just seeing what God has done through him and how, you know, he's able to have the platform that he has now. But I definitely see a lot of similarities in our lives, honestly. Like, he's a man really? of faith just like I am. He was underutilized at Old Miss, and they had an offense to where – you know, they didn't really run the full route tree and he didn't really have a ton of production, but he was extremely athletic and tested out of the waters. And then after that, you know, everything's history, you know? So yeah, I definitely see a lot of similarities and I, I see what, what has happened to him. And I feel like very similar things can and will happen for me. Yeah. Cause that was the knock on him. It's like, Oh, he's just this freak. He did. He wasn't running these routes. Is it, does it apply to football? Like we yeah, saw the picture, like routes, like, what, what they don't understand is like with routes, like that stuff can be taught, right? Like those things yeah. can be learned and it really doesn't take that long to learn to run routes. And the reason why his routes were whatever is because the offense that he ran. And that's the same thing like with me, right? You're running a go, you're running a hitch, or you're running a fit, like a, a, a post, right? Like that's all you have to run in practice. So obviously when they ask you to run a dig or the off chance you do run a dig, it's not going to look that clean because you don't run it that much in practice, right? What you do often and over time you get good at. So now when you have an NFL playbook and they tell you, oh, you have to run all these other routes, you're going to focus on running all those other routes because you have to run all those other routes. See what I'm saying? But what you can't teach is athleticism. You can't teach somebody that's six foot four, 228, running a four three three. You can't teach that, right? You can't teach that. Like coaches have no dictation over what players can do that. So when you have a player that is that extraordinary, is that athletic, 
they just need to be in the right system and they need to have the right coaches, right? And obviously they need to put in the work, but at the end of the day, like, if if all else is equal, like, it isn't equal, you know what I mean? And, like, they're going to be able to thrive. Like, I don't understand, like, we're making it – why we're making it so hard. Like, this is a man's game, truly. It's a man's game. And the person that has the most God-given ability, if able to, you know, do what he needs to do technically, I feel as if the sky is the limit for those guys. Right. Some of it's on coaching. It's like you should be able to do something with all of this. Like that's your job. That's true. And a lot of it is on the players, especially on the professional level, just because, I mean, like they're paying you money to do it. So, like, you should be investing in kind of your development as well. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, at the end of the day, like those are the people I feel is, I don't know why they just disregard athleticism because I feel as if like, that's the the only thing that they don't have control over, you know? So no doubt. Yeah. It's it's weird. Like that picture of him almost ended up working against him. It's like, you know, we don't see human beings look like that. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh, but can he, can he run a route? Can he cut on a dime? Can he do It's like, well, no, look look at that. Look at this clip of you jumping and just do something with it. Right, yeah. Like I, like I said, man. Like I said, it's crazy. Yeah, man, Josh, that was that was fantastic. I, I can't thank you enough. Um, so what what what's next for you? Uh, when's this this, this pro day? I mean, it's got to be on your mind just about every day, right? Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. It's on my mind every day. I just got to make sure, that, like you know, like my body is right and everything going into it, and um, that my legs come back and whatnot, and. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, just control what I can control when it's when it's my time. Just give everything that I got. Trust my training, and yeah, let the chips fall where they do. Perfect, man. Th- thanks so much. I- I'm good here. Unless there's anything else you want people to know about you out there. No, I'm, I'm chilling, man. I feel like we brought out a lot more than I even thought you know, <laughs> I was going to bring out. So yeah, hopefully people enjoy hearing a little bit about me.